Good morning. Will you stand with us? The only name that matters to me.
Amen. Fantastic seeing you. Good morning, Cavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good, good. It's so good to see you. Hey, Brother Ron, you can stay right up here with me. It's all good. No, it's so good to see you guys. So glad that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Lord's Day to celebrate Jesus. He truly is the one that really does matter. And again, to be able to celebrate with you this morning is, is amazing. He died, he rose again, and he is our Redeemer. And because of that, we have eternal life with him, and he has blessed us beyond measure. So thank you for being here today to celebrate Jesus with us. I want to welcome our first-time guest. If there is any in the room, we want to say thank you for joining us as well. We love our church, and we love our church family and what we're, what, all that we've got going on here, and we want to tell you all about it. So in the chair back in front of you, there's a little connect card. If you fill that out, um, we would love to, again, connect with you right after service. Uh, just take that connect card to this back door, um, and there's a little connect counter back there, um, and we'll be able to tell you about all that's going on in our church, from C groups to Wednesday night uh, services to everything that's going on in the church week. We want to make sure that you find your place and you plug in, you and your family, okay? I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. It's, again, so good to see you all. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, thank you for bringing us back to this very special place, God. Again, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor today, God, because it's you that has saved us. It's you that we adore, and we're so thankful Thank you, thankful for all the, your blessing, God. Lord, I pray as uh, Brother Will brings the message today, first off, thank you so much for the message that, he's given, uh, that you've given him and placed on his heart. But Lord, prepare our hearts to receive that word, God, because this is an amazing series, an amazing, important application for us as a church, for us to find our spiritual gifts and use them because we want to be the light to this world. And we do that through how you have, are training us up and through the gifts that you've given us, God. So, Lord, be with us as we hear the word and make the right changes in our life, God. But most importantly, God, we pray for salvation today. We pray that if there is someone in this room today that has not yet to come to have a relationship with you, we pray that as you hold their heart, that you speak clearly and preciously into their lives, God, and that you make them uh, see you for who you really are. You love them, um, and you help them feel that. They come to know you and have a relationship with you. We love you. Thank you for our church family. Be with our services today in your name. Amen. Greet those around you. We'll get started in a couple seconds.
I love that song that there's, that we get to come into the house of the Lord just to celebrate the name of Jesus and for all that he's done for us uh, for eternity, but even just day to day and through the week. Um, there are so many ways that we could describe Jesus and scripture tells us that he's called wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the Prince of Peace. Jesus refers to himself in John chapter 10 as our shepherd and he lovingly takes care of his sheep. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are one of his own. You are his sheep, and we know his voice. Um, in that very same passage, it says, beware, because there is a thief. And that thief is Satan himself. He is the devil, and he disguises himself in all kinds of ways. And his main purpose is what a thief is for. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. But our Jesus says, that's not why I came. He said, I came to give life. And not just to give life, but to give it to the full. Let's celebrate our Jesus this morning. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's on all his stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Yeah. 
Let's all bow and pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. Lord, we can sit here and count our blessings because everyone in this room has been blessed by you. Lord, I ask that you just be with us this morning. Lord, open our hearts. Let us hear from your word. Lord, let us apply it to our lives. Let us seek you as we go about our week. Lord, just guide and direct us. Help us, Lord, I pray. Lord, there's a line in a song that says, Lord, take me just as I am. But please, don't leave me that way. Jesus, you can change lives. And I pray that if there's someone here that needs to find you as their Savior and King, Lord, they'll do that today. And they'll let Jesus change their lives. Lord, we ask these things in the name of our Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wow. I tell you what, he's in the life-changing business, and if you've never allowed Jesus to change your life, he can do it today. Wow. Woo! I was being Dawn right there. She's on perfect pitch when she does that. Hey, you know, I I noticed this first service, he's still got it, he's kind of lagging right now, but first service, Brother Nathan was bouncing off the walls in here. I mean, it was just... He was just everywhere, and I, I found out why. He's, he was drinking this, this coffee that is apparently, he claims, the strongest coffee in the world. What was it called? Death Wish. Death wish. <laughs> First service, people laugh more than you're laughing, but Death Wish is the name of the coffee. And after he drank a whole pot of that, Shawnee brought him some Seven Brew coffee that had, what did it have in it? Four shots of espresso. Do we have any medical personnel in our church? Because I don't know if Brother Nathan is going to last through the day. 
Hey, I'm glad you're here. We're, we're in a series of sermons on spiritual gifts, and today my sermon is entitled Unwrapping Your Spiritual Gift. We're doing a C group study. Our small groups are studying spiritual gifts. The book we're studying is Understanding Spiritual Gifts. Here's what I know. If you are a believer, God has gifted you. He's given you a special gift for the purpose of helping the church, helping others in the church, and building them up. And through this series, we're wanting to help you discover your gift and then put it into use as you serve God and other people. I have a verse that I want to start with from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Here Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So you have received at least one gift, some of you multiple gifts, and you are to use your gift as you serve others, which is a key point, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're going to pray and ask God's blessing on this time of teaching, and I'm going to ask God to open your heart. Would you join with me and pray? And I also want you to pray for Brother Fred Trobal, one of our longtime members of Kavanaugh. He had a another heart attack on Friday night and is at mercy right now and in desperate need of our prayer. So will you pray for Brother Fred as we pray together? Heavenly Father, love you so much. I thank you for this time in your house and in your word. Thank you for the praise team, Lord, as they led us in worship. Thank you for the, the great songs that we did get to sing, praising and glorifying your name. I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with each person in this room and all of those listening online. I pray, dear Lord, that as we lift up Jesus, you would draw people to yourself. Lord, as I speak on the outside, I pray your Holy Spirit would speak into our hearts. We ask, dear Lord, for an anointing today. I pray that lives would be changed as hearts and minds are opened. We also pray for Brother Fred, dear Lord, touch his body. Let him know right now his church family is praying for him. We ask all that in Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready? Someone once wrote that everybody is always in one of three different zones. The first is what he calls the panic zone. And that's exactly what you do in the panic zone, you panic. In the panic zone, you're way out of your league. You're doing work that you're not gifted or shaped or prepared or educated or equipped to do. And you're stressed out about it. You're in way over your head. How many of you have ever been in the panic zone? Raise your hand. The rest of you are liars, all right? Because we've all been there. On the other end of the spectrum is what he calls the drone zone. That's where everything is way too easy. You're in a job that is way beneath your talent. If you are a 12-cylinder engine, you're only running on two cylinders because it's mindless work. It's boring. You're bummed out at it. Everything is so predictable and so easy. You're bored out of your gourd. There's not a single challenge that is before you. And many of you have been in that drone zone. So between the panic zone and the drone zone, it's what he calls the C zone. Now, I like that because we're in C groups and we are Kavanaugh Church, right? So what does the C stand for in the C zone? Well, several words, challenge, confidence, 
commitment, control. That's where your gifts and your abilities are perfectly matched with the task that you're trying to do. It can not only be called the C zone, I could call it the J zone. J for what, Jason? Joy. Joy, there you go. The joy zone, because when you're in the J zone, you're in your joy zone. Everything just feels right. You're, you're saying to yourself, you know what? I was made to do this. This is me. I'm good at this. I enjoy this. And you see God blessing what you're doing. And really, that's where God wants you to spend your life, not in the panic zone or the drone zone, but he wants you to spend life in the joy zone. Now, last week we discovered that God is a giver. How many of you would agree with me that our God is a great giver? He's a very giving God. In fact, everything that we have is a gift from God. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. And everything that you have is a gift from God. He made you unique. We learned last week that you are uniquely shaped for his purpose here on this earth. And there is not another person who has ever been, is right now, or ever will be exactly like you. Why? Because God doesn't make copies of anything. There are no two trees that are exactly the same. No two animals exactly alike. Last week we learned that there are no two Marlin rifles exactly alike. No two people are alike. Why? Because God doesn't make copies. Originals are always more valuable than copies. Even twins are different and very distinct. God said, I made you, you, and I don't want you to try to be like anybody else because you're special. Now, we said there are five things that make you, you. Remember last week we looked at these verses about God forming us. He formed Adam from the dust of the earth. Isaiah said that God formed me when I was in my mother's womb. God formed you. He shaped you. And we spelt that word shape out last week. S-H-A-P-E. Anybody remember this? Okay. Here's a test. What does the S stand for? Some of you are listening. You remembered. Or you just watched the 9 o'clock service and heard me say this a, a minute ago. Yes, the S stands for spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about that in detail today. But if you're a believer, God has given you at least one spiritual gift. The H stands for heart. Another word we could use for that is passion. God has put passion inside of your life. When you get up in the morning, you're hungry to do this. God put it there. The A stands for abilities. All of us have distinct natural abilities that God birthed us with. These are things that we're naturally good at. The P is personality. Did you know that you have a distinct personality? You do. Everybody has a distinct personality. You're not like anybody else in the world. And then the E stands for experiences. God allows us through life to go through certain experiences that we can learn by and learn through so that we can help other people when they go through the same exact experience that we went through. And God uses all of these things to shape us for the purpose he has for our life. And when you know what you're shaped for, and when you know what you ought to be doing, and you're doing that, you're in the joy zone. 
You have found, followed, and you're finishing God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. T today I want to begin by pointing out the moment you step across the line spiritually. The moment you say, I'm going to be a believer in Jesus Christ. The moment you make that choice to put Christ number one in your life. When you say, I'm going to do it God's way, not my own way. When you say, I'm going to let God direct my life, not me directing my life. When, when you say, I want to follow God's purpose for my life, not my purpose. When you do what God wired you to do instead of doing what you want to do. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are born again. You are created anew on the inside. And the moment you step across that line and put your faith in Jesus Christ, God gives you four spiritual gifts or four major gifts. Now, many people don't even know what these gifts are, but God gives us these four major gifts when we put Jesus first in our life. What are they? Number one, God gives us forgiveness. Somebody say amen, amen. because there's nothing like the forgiveness of God. And folks, even if there was no such thing as heaven, which there is, amen, but even if there weren't, it would be worth coming and getting my life right with God so I don't have to carry all this guilt around with me every single day. Most people are not happy. Most people have a burden they're carrying around, this burden of guilt and resentment, guilt over things that I have done to others, resentment over things that people have done to me. And you know what guilt and resentment do? They make you miserable. The answer to both is forgiveness. For God to forgive you and then for you to forgive other people. And you can be forgiven. You can receive the gift of forgiveness. Now, here, here's a problem I see in, in, in modern day church and in preaching and what we're doing in Christianity today. We're, we're talking about all these cool things about forgiveness and we're talking about God's part in forgiveness. And I mean, it's all about God. It's all about his grace, his mercy, his love his atonement, his forgiveness. It's all about that, yes, but there is a part you must do too. And until you do this, you have not untapped the forgiveness of God. And what is it that you must do? Repent. We, we don't like to talk about repentance because we don't think there's anything wrong with us, but there is. And in order for you to receive the forgiveness of God, you must repent. Look at Acts chapter three, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That's your part. You repent. You admit that you're a sinner. And you know what? You are a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And for you to receive that gift of forgiveness, you have to admit that you're a sinner. And you must repent of your sins. And when you do, look at me, when you do that, God wipes the slate clean. He casts your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He'll never throw them back in your face or hold you accountable for them any longer. Why? You've been forgiven. And if you've never received this gift of forgiveness, I plead with you, come and do it today. Receive God's forgiveness today because that brings us to the second gift. You're not going to receive it until you receive the first one, which is forgiveness. What's the second gift? God gives eternal life. You might call this the gift that keeps on giving. Hmm? 
Because God has long-range plans for you. God says, I love you so much, I want you to be with me in heaven forever and ever. Remember Romans 6.23? It says the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news, but it's accurate news. If, if you don't do anything about your sins, if you don't repent, you're going to die in your sins. And what is the payment for sins? It's damnation. It's death. It's hell. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a gift. It's a gift of eternal life. You're going to be forgiven of your sins, but you're also going to get to go to heaven when you die. You're never going to work your way into heaven. You can't do it. You're never going to earn your way into heaven. can't be done. You can't be good enough on your own to make it into heaven because heaven is perfect and you're not. You can't buy your way into heaven. And listen to me, God doesn't grade on the curve. Some of you think he does. If I have enough good deeds over here, he'll weigh them against my bad deeds. And if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, God is going to say, okay, you can come on in. It's okay. You're okay. Doesn't work that way. The only way you'll ever get to heaven is by his free gift. That's why the Bible tells us this, that the gift of God is eternal life. That's what Jesus said. It is a free gift that you accept by faith. You say, Jesus, I'm going to accept what you did for me on the cross. And when I accept that gift of eternal life, I get my reservation in heaven. The Bible says when you're saved, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And what's the big deal about that? Well, on judgment day, God is going to open the book of life. And the only way you're getting into heaven is if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, how do you get your name in that book? You receive the gift. You invite Jesus into your heart. He forgives you of your sins, and you receive the gift of eternal life. The third gift that he gives us is his Spirit. The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit. He is a member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God says to you, I'm not just going to be around you. I'm not just going to walk with you, but I'm going to live inside of you. I am going to put my spirit inside of you. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. How, how do I know when the Spirit of God is in my life and I'm living by the strength of the Spirit of God. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says there is such a thing as the fruit of the Spirit. It's proof that the Spirit is living inside of you. The Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those are the fruit of the Spirit, the nine fruits of the Spirit. God says, these are the nine qualities I'm going to put into your life and let you live life through me. I am going to be with you. My Holy Spirit is going to be inside of you. And I'm going to give you the strength 
that you need to have every day. Now, many of you haven't realized that. You've, you've never tapped into this strength. You've never called upon the Holy Spirit. He's there. You've just got to trust him. And let me tell you, it's not a feeling. It's a fact. Sometimes you feel God in your life. Other times you don't feel God in your life. It doesn't matter. Your feelings are irrelevant. It's a fact. God says, if you trust me, the moment you invite me into your heart, I am going to give you forgiveness. Your name is going to be recorded in heaven. You get to go there when you die. And in the meantime, when you're walking through life, I am going to give you my spirit. That's a deal right there. It's God's power inside of my life. God's strength. The Holy Spirit does dozens of things in your life. He comforts us. He guides us. He helps us understand God's word. He intercedes for us. When we pray, he's the go-between for us. He's our counselor. He's with us every single day. And he gives us the strength that we need to live victorious Christian lives for God. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's your friend. It's God inside of you. And then number four, God gives abilities or gifts. Here's my verse, 1 Peter 4.10 that we started with. Man, I love this verse. Each of you, raise your hand if you're in each of you, okay? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve each other as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he gives you the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of his Holy Spirit, and then he gives you these special abilities. These special abilities are called in the Bible spiritual gifts. Say those two words with me, spiritual gifts. Say the last word with me, gifts. You are given spiritual gifts. They are the abilities that you need to get the job done that God wants you to do. These spiritual gifts give you that special ability for the purpose that God has planned for your life. The Bible has a whole lot to say about spiritual gifts. We're just, we're just kind of taking the cherry off the whipped cream off the top of the cake today. In your C groups, you're really going to study spiritual gifts. But it has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand about spiritual gifts. Because the church at Corinth didn't understand spiritual gifts. They, they, they thought there were some prized gifts over here. And if you had these gifts, you were real special. And so Paul spends most of 1 Corinthians explaining to them, no, the gifts are for everybody. There's, there's no superior gifts at all. They're all important and they're all needed. Most people who are believers don't even know that they've got a spiritual gift. But you do have spiritual gifts. God put them in your life. Now listen to me. Your gift may be dormant. Maybe you haven't activated your gift or started using your gift. It's just waiting to be used. But you've been gifted. The moment you were saved, God put a gift inside of you, a special ability. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 1. 
I never stop thanking God for all the generous gifts that he has given you now that you belong to Jesus Christ. He has enriched your church with eloquence and every kind of knowledge, and you have every spiritual gift you need. Now, it's interesting that Paul said in this verse, he has enriched your church with gifts. If that could be said about any church, if it could be said about Corinth, let me tell you, it can really be said about Kavanaugh. This is one of the most gifted churches I have ever seen. There are literally hundreds of people in this church who have been gifted by God, and you recognize your gift, and you're using your gift. Others of you still haven't discovered your gift. We're going to help you do that in this study. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That means you have at least one. If you're saved, you have at least one spiritual gift. The reason? As a means of helping the entire church. So what is a spiritual gift? God has a purpose for your life. And the spiritual gifts that he has given to you are the equipment that he wants you to use to do his will. God will never ask you to do anything that he hasn't equipped you to do. And so he has called you for a specific task. And having called you when you were saved, he gifted you. He gave you this gift. The moment you were saved, you received the gift. And you know what? You don't get to choose your gift. God says, I'm going to choose it for you. And let me add to that. You can't earn your gift. Why? Because it's a gift. The important thing about spiritual gifts for us to understand is who, who they're given for. They're given to you, but they're given not just for your benefit. Your spiritual gifts are not just given for you. They're given to you to use in the church, in the kingdom of God, to help other people. Other people in this church benefit from the gift God has given to you. For instance, I've, I've got kind of, I call it a half gift, all right? I'm still looking for the other half of my gift. But God, God has given me the gift, I think, of, of, of preaching and teaching and exhortation. And when I use my gift, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, but when I use my gift, and there's this divine dynamic going on in this room, God is working. The Holy Spirit's working. And when I'm preaching the Word of God and using the gift God has given to me, you're blessed. Now, that, that's nothing on me. That's on God and His Word and the gift. It's the gift. As I use the gift, you're blessed. And, and the flip side of that, when you use your gift, I'm blessed. And when somebody else uses their gift in this church, we're all blessed. If other people in this church don't use their gift, if you don't use your gift, and I don't use my gift, guess what? We all get cheated. Because every gift is important. Every gift. It's kind of like a puzzle. If you have a puzzle and one jigsaw piece is missing, what do you notice? The one missing piece. And if you don't develop the gift that God has given you, if that gift is lying dormant in your life, undiscovered by you, not used by you, then guess what? 
you're cheating the rest of the people in this church because they benefit from your gift. Now, spiritual gifts are different from natural abilities. We, we talked about abilities last week. Even though God has given us natural abilities, spiritual gifts are different than natural abilities. They may appear to be the same, but they're different. When you were born, you were given certain natural abilities. For instance, how many of you, look at me, how many of you can roll your tongue together like a cylinder? Can you do that? Okay, you... About 61% of people can do that. More women than men have no idea what that means, all right? If you can't do that, maybe you're defective. I don't know. I'm not saying, but can anybody roll their tongue the other way? Well, that's a tough one. If you can, you're cool. How many of y'all can wiggle your ears? Anybody can do that? Oh, a few of you can. First service, there's one guy back there doing like this. He wouldn't even raise his hand. Dude. That's cool, man. A- anybody double-jointed in their fingers? That's a natural ability. How about double-jointed in your toes? That's weird. How many of y'all hear voices in your head right now? Eh? But every one of us have different natural abilities. Have you, have you ever noticed little kids when they're born, they're just, they're just born with certain giftedness and natural abilities? My, my oldest granddaughter, she is a, she's just a born performer. I mean, she's, she's, she's not, I, we thought she was going to be real bashful when she was like one or two years old. She has grown out of that bashfulness. And so if you go over to, to Ella Jane's house, she's going to go full costume. Like Frozen, right? Frozen. And, and she's going to have Mama play that Frozen song. And she's going to get out in the middle of the living room floor. And she's going to put on a performance that is just dynamite. When she's finished, you're going to be standing up, bravo, bravo. She's just a natural performer. It's a, it, it's a gift. It's her natural ability. Some kids, you just look at them and they turn around and walk the other way, you know? I mean, that's just, that's the way they're wired. Huh? Who taught them that? Nobody. They're just born that way. Some of you are are good at math. I don't understand you. I keep referring to the first service, but I told the first service this story years ago when we were over in the other building. I I used this illustration kind of making fun of this, and and I got in trouble for it. It was was on the educational channel, and all it showed the whole 30 minutes was this white board. And it never showed the person just their hand with a marker. And they were putting math equations up on that whiteboard and solving these weird math problems. And I thought to myself when I saw that, are are you serious? Who would watch that? And so over there in my sermon, I kind of made fun of it. And I said something, did you know that three math teachers came up afterwards and literally chewed me out telling me that was the absolute best program on TV and they loved it. Some of you are good at mechanics. You just have that natural ability to fix things. Other you, of you are, are, are good at, 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 at all kinds of stuff, arts and, and crafts and things of that nature. You, you were just born that way and you can do that. You're wired that way. 
all of us, all of us have these sets of natural abilities, things that we're, that we're good at, things that we can do, things that God made us to do, and, and nobody else can do them. That, that's what natural abilities are, but they're not spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are different. Spiritual gifts give, give to us the ability to do God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. You see, when you're born again, when you have spiritual rebirth, when you are converted, when you come to Jesus Christ, when you accept and experience salvation in your spiritual rebirth, you get a brand new set of spiritual abilities, things that God equips you to do, different from natural abilities. They are God's gift to you. And the moment you're saved, you receive these gifts. If you're an unbeliever, you don't have a gift yet. But when you accept Jesus, you're given this special gift as you step across that line. What, what, what's the difference? Well, spiritual gifts produce spiritual results. For instance, it, it, maybe you've said under great teachers, people that just orally can communicate well and you can learn from them. But there is a difference between that and the gift of teaching. Because if a person has the gift of God to teach, and you're sitting there listening to them, during that, during that teaching time, you're going to be saying to yourself, God said that to me. You're going to experience this divine dynamic. Why? Because that person is gifted, and that person is giving you their gift from God, and you're understanding Scripture on a completely and totally different level. Or, or let me put it like this. Maybe you've, you've seen the difference between someone who tried to encourage you and then somebody who actually had the spiritual gift of encouragement. There's a world of difference. Some people try to encourage you, and they, they come up and say these certain things to you, and you're thinking to yourself, thanks, but no thanks, buddy. You're really not encouraging me by what you're saying. You're really not helping me right now. In fact, if you want to know the fact, you're messing things up even worse. Kind of like Job's friends. But when you have that gift of encouragement, guess what? It is not you doing the encouragement. It is the Holy Spirit inside of you speaking through you into their heart. And you might be saying the same words that that other piece, person said, but it is bringing encouragement because it is being used in the strength and power of God. This is what God says our spiritual gifts are for. They're additional power to do the purpose God has for you. So how do you start using those gifts? How, how do you unwrap them and put them into practice. I'm, I'm going to close with four steps in using your spiritual gifts. Real quick, number one, you need to discover what your gift is. You, you've got to know what your gift is before you can use it. You've got to stop neglecting the fact that inside of you is a dormant gift given by the Lord. You need to unwrap your gift and start using it. 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. And that is not just a suggestion from the Word of God. It's a commandment from God. Don't be neglecting the gift. Because remember, if you neglect the gift, you're cheating the rest of us. 
And someone in this church desperately needs the ministry of your gift in their life. So how do you do that? Well, you examine the gifts. There's a little over 20 gifts listed in the New Testament. Some, Some have the list as long as 27 gifts. In our C groups, we're studying those gifts. You're going to learn all of the gifts. They're different gifts used in different ways. For example, the gift of martyrdom can only be used one time. And I don't know. Anyway. But you examine the gifts. Which one do I have? You evaluate those gifts. Is this one mine? I think a good way to do that is to ask your Maybe someone in your C group or a spouse or someone who really knows you. What do you think my spiritual gift is? Because sometimes we can't see that in and of ourselves, but other people can easily see it in you. And then you experiment. There, there are so many ministries in this church. Just, just go try something and see if God doesn't use you in that ministry. So you discover them. Number two, you dedicate them. You dedicate your gifts back to God. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 6.13. Give yourselves completely to God since you have been given new life. Use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Some of you already know what your gift is, but you're not using it for the glory of God. The reason why you're not using it is maybe because you've never figured out what it is. Maybe you know, but you're too busy, or you're too lazy, or you keep making excuses, or you're afraid to fail. Put all those excuses behind you, and come and say today, God, I dedicate my gift to you. I realize it's a big deal. You gave me this gift because I am unique. You want me to use this gift in this church, and so, Lord, I'm giving it back to you. That's biblical that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. And if you've never done that, I challenge you to come and dedicate your gift and your life back to God today. Number three, you develop those gifts. 2 Timothy 1.6, boy, I love this. I love this verse. Read it with me. Fan into flame the gift God gave you. You fan it until it is a burning flame. You discover them, dedicate them, and then you develop those gifts. Spiritual gifts are kind of like muscles. Let me see somebody's muscle. Come on. All right, a few of you. Yeah, more. Yeah, okay, there you go. I like it. The more you use that muscle, the bigger that muscle is going to get. And any gift that God gives you can and should be developed. No gift comes fully developed. It comes into your life a certain way, and the more you use it like a muscle, the more it develops, and the better at it you get. How do you get better? By practice, by learning, by studying, by learning from other people who have that same gift. And as you practice, the gift is used better and better and better. Let me give you a little secret that I've learned personally. When God gives you something, if you use it well and you use it for His honor, His glory, and His praise, He blesses you with more of it. When we're using it for him and his glory, God says, you know what? I can trust that person. I can trust them. So I'm going to give them more of it. Kind of like that story in the New Testament about the talents, 10, 5, and 1. If you don't use it, God's going to take it away from you. But if you use it, he's going to give more ability to you. 
So you discover, you dedicate, you develop, and then lastly, you deploy. You know what deployment is. It means that you're, you put it out into the field and the service. You get out where the rubber meets the road. You actually get out in the world and start living your spiritual gift. We stop talking about it and you start doing it. Romans 12, 6. We are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that God has given to us. If our gift is to speak God's message, we should do it according to the faith that we have received. So you flesh it out, you live it. Now, I'm landing the big jet airliner, so hang with me until the doors open. Do you see how brilliant this is? Think about God's plan here. God thought this up all by himself, and it is awesome. This is God's plan. God says, here's what I'm going to do. When someone comes to me for salvation, I'm going to forgive them of their sins. I am going to put their name in the Lamb's book of life. They get to go to heaven when they die. I'm going to place my Holy Spirit into their life to give them direction, wisdom, counsel, guidance, help them when they pray, help them to understand the Bible, and help them to use that last thing, which is spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are going to make the difference. Every person in the church is going to have a spiritual gift, a different gift. Everybody has their place. Everybody has a role. Everybody is involved. Everyone can contribute. Everyone gets rewarded. It's not just the preacher or the people on the stage. It's everybody. Now imagine what would happen if everybody at Kavanaugh Church did this. What, what, what dream, dream come to, true for the preacher. What if we had no spectators? What if everybody said, I know my gift and I'm going to use my gift? What, what would that do to our church? Can you imagine the power? Can you imagine the impact that we would have on this world? Our church would be unstoppable. It'd be absolutely amazing. It would be phenomenal if everyone discovered, dedicated, developed, and deployed their spiritual gift. There is a revival sweeping across America today. It has started on a college campus, and it is spreading to other college campuses. Praise God. Praise God. Most of the revivals America has experienced through the years started with young people on college campuses. This is not anything new. I'm just saying, God, do it again. Do it again. And for all of those negative naysayers out there who are saying this or saying that, I'm, I'm saying just keep your mouth closed and praise God that people's hearts are being turned back towards the Lord. But did you know it is my daily constant prayer, Lord, do that at Kavanaugh Church. Revive Kavanaugh Church. Help us to fan the flame of the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church. You know how our revival gets started? It's when people like you mean business with God. And on a day like today, even though, even though this has not been a very preachy sermon, it's been more of a teaching sermon, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you walk down to the altar, and you present your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I'm giving you everything and holding nothing back for myself. 
So let's review. Look at these four gifts again that God's given you. Forgiveness, eternal life, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. The moment you get saved, you get all four of those gifts. Which gifts are unwrapped in your life right now? Which gifts do you need to unwrap today? Let's say you go out and buy a very expensive gift for a friend or a relative and you give them that gift and a year later you go back to their house and that gift is still unwrapped. How would that make you feel? Maybe a little offended? Let me tell you something, friend. God's given you a gift. Four of them. It's time we unwrap them and use our life to bring praise, honor, and glory to God. If you've never been saved, I plead with you today, come, repent of your sins, ask Jesus into your heart. If you are a born-again believer, come and lay your life as a sacrifice before the Lord today and say, Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. I want to be used in this church. Help me unwrap my spiritual gift and use it for the people of God. Lord, would you do that in our service today? Change hearts and minds, bring people to repentance and faith in you. Help us, dear Lord, to be energized by the Spirit of God today. Help us to become more than overcomers. And dear Lord, I pray that we would seek that spiritual gift you've given us to understand what it is and then find a place to use it in your kingdom service and in this church. Lord, for others who just need to come and pray about issues or problems in their life or their family, give them the freedom to do that. May we come and pray for one another. Lord, may some today come and pray for Brother Fred or Donna Yates or Rick Yates who's here today but been sick. Lord, help us to come pray for the needs we have in our own church family and bless us as we do so. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as the praise team sings and as God's Spirit speaks to you? Come. Come now. Come to Jesus.
Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit. I pray, dear Lord, for every person that's in this room and those listening online. Help us to put Jesus first. Help us to unwrap our spiritual gift and use them for your glory, honor, and praise. Lord, for all the needs that are in our church, would you meet those and help us to be a witness for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated just for a moment. Let me read a card I received right before service. We would like to say thank you to our Kavanaugh Church for Life for the beautiful plant sent to Rick during his hospital stay. All the prayers were so very appreciated, and God is so good. Kavanaugh is our church for life. God bless and thank you, Rick and Sharon Yates, and we're still praying for Brother Rick. Give him a big hand for being here today. He's, he's been sick, man. Fantastic. When you, when you leave today, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. Appreciate it. If you weren't here Wednesday night, we did approve the, the budget and elect officers for this next year. I don't know how many years this has been, <clears throat> at least 40, maybe 45 years that we've had a business meeting with no votes, no no votes cast. All yes. You know what that tells me? This is an awesome church, man. And I'm glad to be a part of it. C groups are meeting throughout the day and through this week. If you're not signed up for a C group, go to the information table outside this door. You can find a group specifically for you. If you didn't get one of the books, Understanding Spiritual Gifts, we have a few more out on that table as well. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those connect cards in the chair back in front of you. Take it to the connect counter out this door. We got a gift we want to give to you. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we have services for all ages. And the prime timers are going on to this incredible trip Saturday. I think it's at 2 o'clock. If you want more information, you can ask Brother Ray about that. I'm not going to be here next Sunday. Uh, Brother Jason is going to be preaching for us. I'm going to be in Yuma, Arizona. Anybody know where Yuma is? All I know is 410 to Yuma. I want to be on the 410 to Yuma. If some of y'all are getting that, the rest of you are not. Um, it's 310. Is it 310? No, I'm on the 410 to Yuma. Because there's a time difference between. That, that's just another reason God has given us wives. Right there. 310 to Yuma. I knew it didn't sound right, but it sounds cool. 410. Anyway, I'm going to be in Yuma, Arizona. There's a, a, a We Start Churches conference out there, Pioneering Change. I'm going to that conference. Also going to speak at it. So pray for me as I speak at this conference. My, my, I'm the old man on the ship. All the rest of the people there speaking are going to be young guys. I'm preaching or teaching on stewardship. You know why? Because everybody knows about Kavanaugh Church, that we're a giving church. And the reason we're a giving church is because we serve a giving God. Amen? Amen. So anyway, pray for Jason. He's going to be with you next Sunday, and I'll be praying for you. Hope you have a great day, great week. Stay out of trouble. And get on the 410 with me. <laughs>